Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Lou, for years and years, you and I have talked about a subject that we're going to talk about today. You and I called it something different. We called it Islands of Information. That's true, but I, I, I don't know if I can take credit for that. I think that there was somebody <laughs> further back who came up with that, but it's, it's, it's so appropriate um, because we're all dealing with uh, Islands of Information, and I think we now have... Uh, perhaps a different name for it today, which we're going to learn about. So why don't you do the intro and let's get this show on the road. Yeah, clearly uh, what we're talking about here is information that's here, there, and everywhere, but doesn't marry up to itself. And so it's awfully hard to make business decisions when you've got information scattered all over. I think Clark Ritchie, who is the chief technology officer from Jim is going to speak a little bit on that today when he talks about data silos. Clark, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks. It's fantastic to be here. Okay, so are you going to tell us the difference between islands of information and uh, silo data? Data silos? (laughs) I I think those both sound like uh, two great terms for uh, probably the same phenomenon that we see all the time, which is, as you talked about. So I don't know. Does that mean the show is over? (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. You're going to have to give us the evolution. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as, you know, businesses have evolved and and technology has evolved, uh, businesses, of course, try to capture more information about, you know, what's, what's happening uh, either internally, perhaps in the manufacturing process, or externally with customers. Uh, and because of technology constraints, and sometimes because of business constraints as well, you're right, these, these islands or silos of data get created, right? So I think we're really talking about uh, data that is being brought together for a specific use, typically a business use, uh, and it works for that. But then if you step back, you realize, hey, I could use that data really efficiently in the larger context if I could connect it with other things, and that's where the trouble begins because you're right. It's on an island now. (laughs) Right. So do your islands intersect with one another? Do they connect from silo to silo? Hopefully one should, right? I mean, that, that's the idea. I think it, a lot of times it does make sense to, to keep this information you know, separate. You might have regulatory reasons or uh, internal business reasons, uh, but you do need to find ways to build bridges across those islands, as it were, and to uh, give the business access to that larger information context. Uh, now, of course, that can be challenging. It can, it can be expensive. It can be time-consuming using many traditional processes. Uh, and, and, you know, so at Factum, that's, that's what we're interested in is how can we take the pain and the expense out of that so that uh, you can kind of take your, your islands and have a big archipelago, as it were, of data perhaps. So what is it that uh, Factum is actually doing? Uh, let's get some background about that. 
Let's talk about the uh, software as it is and how this is going to help the manufacturer who's busy manufacturing and doesn't necessarily have all the time, uh, wisdom, knowledge base, and so on to be able to put together his silos, data silos. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as a little bit of context, uh, most of my background for for 20-plus years uh, in, in the software space has actually been working in the United States uh, Department of Defense and Intelligence uh, sectors. So working mm-hmm. with really large data sets uh, that you can't control and, and formats you can't control to make decisions. Uh, and as part of that, one of the things that's always fascinated me was how can we take some of these really good uh, data and analytic tools that uh, exist and make them more accessible to non-engineers, right? Uh, so conceptually, that's sort of where FactGem grows out of those, of those roots. Um, so specifically, uh, we believe in allowing, uh, you know, companies, whether you're in manufacturing or, or any other space, to be able to control your own business process, even from a technology standpoint. So, uh, for us, that starts out like you were having a conversation. So if I was to, you know, go into a manufacturer and, and have a conversation about how do you run the business or tell me about how the what the business is about, you'd probably go to a whiteboard and you draw some circles and lines for me that might describe your products and your manufacturing process and the different parts and components that make that up and how you do distribution to customers and so forth. Because uh, it's a very natural way for us to think about things where we allow you to do the exact same thing in the software is allow that business person or that analyst to draw out that picture of the business uh, because they're the people who really understand the business the best. Uh, and then uh, once you've done that, uh, it becomes really simple to just let the software connect to those islands of data uh, and bring in that information and connect it in the way the business thinks about it. And what's really important about this, I think particularly in manufacturing is you know, that, that's such a competitive area. You don't have a lot of time and resources to spend on software engineering. Uh, so this takes is a, is a no code solution. So you don't have to have software engineers doing this. Uh, you can do this with your own in, internal resources uh, and get up and running and bridging those islands typically within a couple of days. Really? So it's, is your program, uh, based on a template format where many different companies, manufacturing companies, and I would make a presumption and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're dealing to a great extent with uh, small to medium-sized companies. Would that be a good assessment? Uh, Actually, a a good percent of our customers are sort of in the Fortune 500 to 200 space, so they're fairly large. Um, Really? Good. But I but I think um, I mean to the, the answer is of yes and no. So we're uh, we're not in the consulting business per se. We work with partners and things who are. Um, so you can certainly create uh, those type of templates and, and share them either internally or externally as a starting space, um, or you can you can start from scratch uh, either just by again conceptually drawing it out, or you can even use existing uh, informational resources that you might have internally such as sample data files uh, or data dictionaries to jumpstart that process. Uh, so it, it's really 
the workflow becomes very customizable depending upon sort of where you are in your own information lifecycle and how you want to uh, go ahead and proceed. So let's take a medium-sized company. It was really busy, and, and, and to some extent, they made it successful by luck and happenstance. Uh, and they need to expand their market, uh, either more territories or more products or understanding their product and sales um, uh, methodology uh, better by knowing all of the uh, data. So if you go into a particular company and you start talking to them about this, one, does the, do you find that the manufacturer knows what he's looking for? Or do you feel as though that you've got to point them in that direction that, well, what do you do about this? What do you do about that? How do you handle this? And so on. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, manufacturer, just like everyone else, we get, we get caught up in asking the questions that we've been trained to ask. Uh, and, and often those, becomes, those become the things that are easiest for our existing information systems to ask. Uh, so when there's a gap like that, you don't know what you don't know, and so it does become hard to understand what to ask. So, uh, yes, yeah, so by going in and, and having some of that business process discussion and, and asking questions because we're coming from the outside, uh, it does, I think, start to let people realize that you can look at your information uh, in a different way. Uh, I think one of the canonical examples is everyone's got a customer database, and everyone's got a marketing database, and they're always separate because obviously not everyone is in the marketing database is a customer. Uh, then you have 100% market share, and that would be great, uh, but that's typically not the case. Uh, but it's really important as you talk about when you want to uh, expand into new areas or whether it's a geographic territories or new product lines, you need to understand like, you know, how, how is marketing affecting the existing customer base, how much money am I spending? What areas am I getting good uh, reaction to? So you can use that information to make those decisions. Um, but that becomes hard to do because, like I said, those are typically on islands, and that's where we come in and say, no, look, you can, you can now connect that marketing information to your existing customers and do that kind of analytics so you can decide, hey, do I want to open up a new plant out in the Midwest or do I want to open up, you know, for example, uh, a whole new line of product? And this program, we could do that in a couple of days. Yeah, you could do it uh, often even faster than that. Um, again, it, we're big believers in uh, finding a, a manageable problem that provides business value, tackle that, and build on it. So, uh, you know, a solution you know, uh, like that, yeah, that could, add, that could easily be a couple of days, maybe even less. Uh, get some of that information, do those analytics, and then move out to the to the next thing because what we find is once you start being able to ask these questions and, uh, of this connected data, that leads to more good questions that drive the business forward. Uh, and then you can incrementally make updates and provide more value. So uh, it's not a ginormous IT effort to get some little bit of value. It becomes really small efforts to get out often significant value. I presume that you've got uh, some success stories that you could share with us as to how your uh, software has helped uh, a particular company, uh, XYZ. Yeah, so uh, one of our uh, uh, largest companies is a, is a Fortune 200 retailer. I, I 
not contractually allowed to give the name, but a, a large multinational uh, retailer. Uh, and, you know, one of their challenges was understanding their customer base, as, as you talk about. Uh, what are my customers doing today? Uh, how can I predict what they're going to do tomorrow? Uh, should I bring uh, a new product to market, or is this not going to meet the needs of my uh, existing customer base? So all of those sort of customer 360 type questions. Um, specifically, one of the things that anyone who uh, doesn't have a retail will often do is, is what's called a basket analysis. So that's really understanding if you go to the store uh, and you buy a pen, for example, do you also buy paper with that? So I can figure out how to market, what things I should market together or how to price things and, and, and so on. Um, so this was a process that for over 1,600 stores would be done by a team of people it would take about six days to do uh, that analysis for a single store. And the reason is islands of data because the transactional information would be in one system, customer information would be in another system, uh, store information in a third system, and so on. So people have to constantly uh, pull data from one system, another system, another, uh, bring it into something locally, often Excel, right? so many businesses just run off Excel internally, uh, do the analysis and then produce the result. Uh, by bringing that data together, we actually were able to bring that time down from six days to about a second and a half per store. Uh, and then as part of that, give them far more detailed uh, informational analytics down to things like uh, beyond just skew, but into like sizes and colors, so you could really get a better understanding uh, of exactly what's happening with the customer base. Clark, you mentioned uh, Excel. Is this an Excel-based product that you that is FactGem an Excel-based animal? No. So we'll we'll certainly allow you to bring in your Excel spreadsheets or or sources from existing data warehouses, data lakes. Um, Excel was one of our initial data targets because, you know, as as you do look at so many uh, small to medium-sized businesses, even large businesses, uh, you find that under the covers, they run on Excel. And there's just hundreds or thousands of Excel spreadsheets uh, floating around the company. Um, something we often refer to as invisible data, right? It, it's, it's crucial bits of information that exist in the company and, and people are making everyday business decisions about it, but no one knows where it is. Um, so we, we definitely started there to help solve that problem. But you can, like I said, bring in you know, sources from uh, data from a variety of other sources as well. Is this your own proprietary software we're talking about? Yeah. So we've uh, I, I co-founded the company a little over seven years ago, uh, and I, I created the uh, technology. So uh, it is our proprietary uh, software. We uh, use uh, you know a, a database under the covers, which we just. Um, Essentially licensed through, uh, but all these for all of the uh, processes around defining that business model and maintaining the business rules for you. How do we pull information from those various sources and connect them together? Yeah, all of that is uh, part of our proprietary software. Okay, uh, Clark. Before we go too much further. Uh, for the sake of our uh, audience listeners, uh, why don't you give us your URL? Uh, so that they could reach out and um, get a, a, additional information or, or some yeah, uh, happy to further further data. So 
Fire away. Absolutely. So www.factgem, F-A-C-T-G-E-M.com. And you'll find find case studies there and information, uh, literature, as well as links to a number of uh, videos and so forth uh, demonstrating the product. Well, that's great. Well, so, they can actually they can actually uh, uh, demo themselves online. Is that correct? You can get a nice video demonstration of the product online. Oh, um, great! What we will often yeah, what we will often do uh, for people is after an initial conversation, uh, if it seems like there might be an area where we could help, what I love to do is what I call as the seeing is believing, uh, because you know listening to me talk about it is great. Seeing a video is great, but people really need to see. Does this apply to my problem? And the only way to do that is to take a little bit of your data, uh, bring it in together in the system, and see, wow, these are the types of things I can now do when this information is connected. So we we come out to uh, people's locations, spend an hour or two, have them provide a little bit of data. We we walk through that modeling process with them uh, to build that business model, bring in their data sources, uh, and then show them some results. And, and we do that for free because that's really how you understand the value of this is, again, seeing your own information and uh, start to understand the kind of things that are now possible for the business. So it's like a seeing is receiving, seeing and believing meeting. Once you exactly. see it, you believe it. Yeah, okay. a- absolutely. Great. We, we, uh, Mark, I, I've got a question for you. Uh, and a lot of companies are trying to bring their siloed information together in things like Salesforce, NetSuite, HubSpot, I mean, you name it. Is this a uh, substitute for those kind of uh, very complex, sometimes difficult to integrate systems? Yeah, I, I would say in many cases, Yes, right. So things like Salesforce, right, they are um, custom built for a specific purpose, at least in theory, right? So Salesforce is a big CRM, a big customer relationship management piece of software. Now, over the years, that's become a ginormously successful company. They, of course, tacked on lots of other things, but at its heart, it's it's about that CRM process. Uh, So certainly you see people kind of co-opting that for other needs. Um, same thing with HubSpot and others. Uh, but the challenge there, of course, becomes if, if what you want goes beyond, uh, so that CRM box, you're going to have a lot of friction and difficulty dealing with that. Um, we're completely neutral in terms of what your application might be. So uh, if, if you have people that you that really are interested in, in doing analysis, if you have some data scientists in particular, uh, or anyone who's really doing this kind of business intelligence work and really just wants access to a uh, really well-structured, fast uh, data source to do the analytics, then really FactGen provides the perfect solution in, in, in my belief for that because you get that direct access with, without all that other friction. Uh, and you can host it on site as well as uh, if you like, as opposed to having to put it up in the cloud, uh, whichever way works best for your company. Now, I've got a, I've got another question kind of related for you, Clark. If, you know, companies do a lot of work these days on social media, and, and Lord knows every time you turn around there's a new social media platform 
uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and on and on and on. But the question becomes, how do I find out and pull together the data analytics from each of those social media sources so I can look at a report and go, oh, it works here. It's not working as well there. Does FactGem do any of that? That's a great question. Yeah, it's absolutely a, a crucial area, right? People not only getting their information in terms of marketing now from social media, but a lot of customers are buying through social media, like shopping through Instagram is a thing now. Um, so, and, and so customers expect that uh, as well. Uh, but you're absolutely right. There is a challenge there. If you're getting analytics, say, from Facebook, and analytics from Twitter, analytics from Instagram, how do you know what, where the overlap is? That's, that's, a, that's a big challenge. So um, there's no silver bullet there, but Factum absolutely enables that kind of solution. Uh, so here's those, the, the secret to that, essentially. Uh, at FactGem, we were built from the ground up to enable data integration from different sources where there isn't a single identifier for that same piece of data. So, so what does that mean? So, for example, uh, if you get analytics about what I'm doing on your page in Facebook, you'll probably get my Facebook profile name, and that's great. But you're not going to get that in Twitter. I might be interacting with your, with your uh, feed in Twitter. Well, you're not going to get my Facebook profile name from Twitter. You're going to get my Twitter ID. So how do right. you know that that's the same person? So at Faction, we enable you to create a, a hierarchy uh, of identifiers. So, for example, you can say, hey, when information comes in, if it's got a Facebook ID, I'll use that to identify my customer. But if it's got a Twitter ID, I'm going to use that instead. Uh, and then you can go even deeper and say, you know, maybe when it's got uh, neither of those things, I'm going to look at these other informational attributes uh, to determine that this is probably the same person. Um, and so in that way, uh, you absolutely can develop a process where you're matching those things together. Again, like I said, no silver bullet. Social media is complex, and Twitter and Facebook, they're changing what information you can get in things all the time. Uh, but this is absolutely something that will enable you to do that because it is designed for systems where you don't, you don't share that information. What I typically tell people is, you know, if you sort of printed out, as it were, information from two different systems, whether those are Twitter and Facebook or your customer database and your marketing database, and you can say to me, hey, Clark, look, I know that this customer in this system is probably the same customer as this one over here because of A, B, C, and D, then you can build that rule inside of FactGem. I'm already down the road on that idea because if somebody's <laughs> coming into you from two or three different resources, from a CRM standpoint, one should treat that potential uh, prospect as um, uh, differently than you would somebody who came to you one time. So you might have a scoring system or, or something. That's exactly right. And systems like FactGem, because of the way they connect the data, uh, are ideal for that because you, you can absolutely create those, uh, those scores or those weights on the relationship between, uh, say, your company and a prospect. Uh, and that then allows your sales analytic team to do things like find me uh, the, you know, the customers that are most likely to engage with me on a certain message or a certain uh, product line based on those weights. Um, and that's when it becomes, you know, a big force multiplier in my mind because 
you can really you know focus your limited resources on instead on those, on those customers or prospects that you know potentially really matter. So when Clark does this product become available to the mom and pop businesses out there? Uh, right now, so one of the things I, I love about it is you know we, we can do a Fortune 200 company, but if you're if you're running a little bake store and you want to run this thing on the laptop behind the counter, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, and you know if, if maybe you're only even uh, you know bringing in four or five Excel files that you used to keep before, uh, and you're just going to connect them yourself and update them periodically, so you can you know update take information from your mailing list and the people that are coming in as a as, as customers and the people who may be signing your, your guest log, great, you can go ahead and do that uh, today at a really, uh, you know, a very, very low barrier to entry. So uh, let's talk about uh, from the standpoint of expense to the uh, client. Uh, your business model, is this a, uh, a purchase, a lease, is it a monthly service charge uh, how, how does it work so they have an idea of uh, your, your the financial aspect yeah so uh, it's essentially a, a term based license typically for one year or, or longer uh, mm-hmm. it can be you can you can host this uh, on your own hardware uh, or you can choose to deploy it in the cloud somewhere uh, we don't ourselves provide hosting services uh, but we can certainly help you uh, pick mm-hmm. one or, or get something set up. Sure. Uh, and then okay. in terms of like the price, it's it's, it's, yeah, it's really just based upon, you know, how much data do you have? So how many servers, what size servers do you need? Um, so very, very straightforward. Well, it certainly seems as though that this is a plus for the manufacturing industry to be able to grab data. Uh, one of the things that, uh, uh, Tim and I talk about from the uh, our other company, All Metals and Forge Group, is that if you the more data you have, the more um, the more flexible you have to be to find the right markets and right products, and not spend your time, energy, and money going after the wrong markets, which is what some companies do in in the form of shotgun marketing which uh, is expensive, timely, and uh, maybe not as effectual as uh, as target marketing or uh, uh, doing what you're suggesting that companies should do. Uh, It sounds uh, sounds fascinating. And um, Tim? Yeah, clearly, uh, just to kind of wrap this up, uh, uh, Clark, Anything else that uh, you want to share? I think we've uh, gotten uh, your URL, which is uh, factgem, G-E-M, uh, dot com, uh, that you want to share with our audience about this. And I certainly would encourage all of our listeners to go to factgem.com and kind of walk through their video demo and get a greater sense, because in this case, this is this is a visual product you need to see in order to comprehend. Um, so kind of wrap that up for us, if you could, Clark. Thanks. Yeah, I, know, I just want to really in, encourage anyone listening to uh, be aware that more can be done with their data than you're probably doing today. Uh, don't, don't accept the status quo. A lot of times IT will tell you, 
hey, everything's good, you have access to all the data you need, but just step back and, and think about all the data your company actually has, and can you really ask all of the questions you need in that full context and get it at speed, right? If it takes you three months to get an answer and $150,000 worth of resources, that's probably not getting the job done. So I would just consider that, and uh, would love to chat with people. Well, we certainly would love to have them get in touch with you. Again, uh, you can visit the site at F-A-C-T-G-E-M. That's factgem.com. Clark, thanks for being with us here on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Uh, we're fascinated by it can happen in days because that, in my experience, is not what we've experienced. So <laughs> days is dazzling. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. And we have been speaking with Clark Ritchie, who is the Chief Technology Officer for FactGem. I guess you really got to check it out. I think I'm going to check it out because anything that can be done in days instead of painful months, uh, I definitely want to do that. So, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, and keep in mind that you can hear all of our past shows, which contain a lot of evergreen, useful information at mfgtalkradio.com. You'll find links to all of our other shows, which are in development and in uh, on the air as podcasts, uh, Women in Manufacturing, which has been operating for a while. We've got Where's Willie coming up, a fascinating show with William Miller, who is going to be traveling around the country talking to manufacturers, kind of a boots-on-the-ground event. Uh, we have uh, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman. Cliff does some fabulous interviews with some really insightful people in uh, economics and what's happening in the economy. And so I would encourage you to listen to that. Those are pretty deep uh, interviews. So Lou. Yeah. I'd like to just mention that the where's Willie actually just launched uh, within the last day or so. Uh, so you might want to take a look in and see where, where's Willie. <laughs> what a great line. Where's Willie. But, Find out where he's at and who he's talking to. As always, find out more. And thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова